join me in a word of prayer as we pray for the children and the teachers. Lord God and Dustin. Thank you, Dustin. Lord, we thank you for Dustin's testimony. We thank you for giving him the boldness to share um, your work in his life. We pray for him, Lord God. Continue to reveal yourself in his life and uh, continue to be glorified as he continues to grow in his relationship with you. We pray for your children, Lord God. We pray for your next church. We pray for the teachers, Lord God. Give them the wisdom and the patience to be, um, to be able to teach the children as, as you want them to. And we pray for the children. May their love with you, for you continue to grow. And Lord, we pray for your message tonight. We pray for your guidance. We pray for your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to be the one to teach us whatever it is that you have in store for us. I pray for your people here tonight, Lord God. I pray that they will get the answers to their questions, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you will reveal to them whatever it is that you want them to know and that they will be humble enough, Lord God, to accept your teaching. Lord, override my preparation. Speak through me, Lord. Give me the wisdom that I need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening. You know, the funny thing is, I was telling my deacons, or my brothers earlier, that the topic tonight is, uh, is peace. But the one thing, <laughs> the one thing that was stolen from me as I was preparing for it is my peace. Um, <laughs> there you go. All right. Do you have my title there? Okay. Take. Two. Right. No. You have my title? It's not there. All right. <laughs> Let's pray. No. <laughs> so the title of my message is Rest in Peace. It's Rest in Peace. I know we usually hear that during funeral or we see it in the, um, the tombstone. And that's what we say, right? Rest in Peace. When it's finally done, when we're, we're graduated in this life and we're on to the eternal life that we go to. Uh, I did do uh, a funeral yesterday for a very wonderful family. Uh, I've never been in a funeral where everybody had something to say for their loved ones. I've been in funerals where I have to like squeeze it out of them. You know, like I have to start to share in order for them to feel comfortable. But this, both families... They were more than willing to share it uh, because of the impact, because of the lives of the people that left that impacted them. So they were all compelled to share a story or two. And God works in mysterious ways. He teaches us in, His hand is in everything, in every place that we do. And I'm always watching out for that. I knew that I didn't preach last week and I've always been watching. I knew my topic was going to be peace. And I've been watching for God on, on how he was going to reveal it to me. And true enough, you know, there's this, in this life, because we are still in our, our journey in Galatians, right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Let's all recite that together. But the Holy Spirit, yeah, you can do it, yeah, produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Again, before this journey is done, you will have to be 
able to memorize and recite Galatians 5, 23, right? Because we're spending so many weeks in this. Um, it will help you to also know that verse. So let's, we're focusing tonight on peace, okay? And let me just get there. Enemy's busy. All right. So peace. Can you slip on my next slide? All right. Oh. Here. I'll do it. One. There you go. That one. So the fruit is only as good as the, the tree. Correct? The fruit is only as good as the source. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit. So the fruit that is produced in us is from the Holy Spirit and that one fruit that we're going to be discussing tonight is peace. So many things in this life talks about peace, right? Everything about the world is trying to go after an elusive peace. They tell us, you know, what does the cop say? What does it say there to uh, keep the peace? That's what the police force uh, advertise. They are here to keep the peace. Correct? And, and, and when you think about peace, if you close your eyes right now and think about peace, you will probably go into a place of maybe serenity. A place where there's nobody around. It's just you and maybe the beach. It's just you or an empty field full of lilies or whatever your favorite... Uh, flowers are. It's an empty field. It's usually by yourself. The funny thing is, when we think of peace, we automatically eliminate people. We automatically eliminate people. We always just think about trouble-free. And usually, trouble comes with people. Just ask your HR at work. Your HR will tell you, you know, everything is good so long as there's no people around. That's kind of how pastors feel. <laughs> you know, you're perfect until somebody talks to you, right? You're having a perfect day until somebody ruins your peace and takes your peace away. I'm sorry, I'm having te technical difficulties with my thing as well here. So let me just... All right, I think it's working now. So Jesus tells us that every good tree bears good fruit. So we know that this peace, the Greek word is irene, irene, which is the, the, the feminine noun is a word is irene. That's where we got the name irene. And I was telling Brother Rene that he is peace. Your name, you were named on, with peace. And I asked him, do you, are you peaceful? And he goes, so long as there's no arguments. <laughs> Right? We can maintain our, sometimes we can maintain our self-peace if nobody bothers us. Correct? And I've discovered as, as I continued to, I studied on peace, there's, we're from, in my study, I discovered three types of peace. There are three types of peace. And they are internal peace, which is your self-peace, and eternal peace, which is so these, both of these is with yourself and with God. And there is the other piece, which is the external piece, which is with other people and 
you know, um, strangely enough, this is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So we're going to try to tackle that. And I'm, I use two passages for us to somehow understand um, the internal and eternal peace and external peace. I started with this one. So we're going to tackle both e e internal and eternal peace. They go together. Just like love, joy, and peace go together, internal peace and eternal peace go together. And if you go to your Bibles and you look in the, here in Luke, this is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Let me read this real fast. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now let me just explain to you the setting. The setting here is, back in Jesus' time, whenever somebody goes uh, to the temple, there are two ways that they, they go there for, a worship, for worship. One is like a congregation worship. They join other people. And the other one is they go there by themselves and they pray there. And in his time, in Jesus' time, they always sacrifice a lamb every morning and evening. There's always a lamb that is sacrificed. And after that sacrifice is done, the priest will then turn and then go inside the sanctuary. And he will be praying for the people that are outside. So if you were there, you will be looking at an empty stage basically and that's when you start praying so that's when these guys that's the setting of these guys it was a congregational meet and then they started praying and the point there where this other guy the tax collector had his head down is significant because how they used to pray in 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 this time is they have their head up because that's where god is right they're looking up and they have their arms high but the, and the other guy is just beating his breast and he's looking down. He felt so ashamed of his life on what he's been doing to a point that he can't even look up there. And, you know, there's another account where, where because women in, his, in, in Jewish uh, tradition, only the women beat their breast when they're mourning. This is the first account in the Bible where Jesus has said, that this man was beating, showing full remorse. And there was another man that was recorded, which is John, the Apostle John. When Jesus was uh, being crucified, he beat his breast because of what's going on, what was happening to Jesus. So this is an expression of full remorse. And this, the word there, God, have mercy on me, is not the mercy how we understood it or how we understand it, but it's, it's actually the word, Lord, have propitiation for me. Have 
in, in payment for me. So he understood, the tax collector, as we all know, are people who cheat other people. Instead of taking 200, they'll probably take 400. So they were cheating people to enrich themselves. So this tax collector understood he did not have peace. Do we agree? You could see here that he did not have peace, which is good for him because finally he found himself in the temple. Good for him. Finally he found himself in the temple. The Pharisee, as because we've all read our Bible, right? And we've all heard the preachings that Pharisees are bad people. But in their society, the Pharisees were actually the good people. They were self-righteous. Yes, it was taken, they took it all to another level, but they were the people that were thoroughly practicing and exercising everything that was in the law. They read it and they did it. But the problem is this other guy, the Pharisee, obviously also did not have peace with God. Because the one thing, if you truly have peace with the Lord, if you have God's peace, you will be humble. There is no more need to talk about other people. You see him exercising the sinful nature here. He's, he's talking about other people. You know, that's why we love listening to those shows that talks and read those magazines talking about other people's failure because it makes ourselves, we make ourselves feel good. Like, oh my gosh, at least I haven't done that yet. Or something like, oh my gosh, she got caught. I didn't, right? That's why we love talking about other people's failures because it makes us feel better, which is wrong, which is wrong. So, we're un so that I won't digress too far from our topic, which is peace, that is the setting. So hopefully we understand here that the tax collector had no peace. But well, we all see that Jesus says, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Because we all know, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord, that it has nothing to do with you for you to have peace with God. Now, with God, okay? We have peace with God, not because of what we did or anything that we do, but because it is given by Him. Amen? Amen. And the peace that Paul is talking about in Galatians is that peace, the irene, or irene, irene, right? Because, you know, let me, let me just show you this verse real, real fast. Isaiah 48, 22. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. If you have not surrendered your life to God, there, you will never have internal peace, personal peace. You will always divert to something else. You will go into alcoholism or you're going to get into drugs. Whatever your addiction will be that somehow you think you're having peace there. You can travel all over the world by yourself or with some other person and find no peace if you are wicked in God's eyes, if you have no peace with the Lord, you will forever, you will forever be longing for something that will always elude you. And the Holy Spirit gives us that, that peace 
that Paul talks about to the Galatian church. What I, I was asking, why did Paul need to mention peace? Okay, granted that it is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Because the Galatian church is, as we've studied for many weeks now, was infiltrated by false prophets being told, to, by, uh, being told by these false prophets that they need to do something else in addition to in addition to what Jesus has done for them. So Paul mentions peace. Right? You will see it in all his letters. There, once you have grace, it's always followed with peace. Because once you have the forgiveness from God, once you receive His grace, you will have peace. Because the one thing that you will never attain without Jesus is that peace with God. Just like that tax collector. He did not have peace. Now there's a, to illustrate, to illustrate the tax collector's fault and the reason why he doesn't have peace, and to, to also relate, for us to be able to relate to this, is the one big reason why we don't have peace is because of our own doing. It is because of our own doing. There's this cute story about a young boy and his sister. Let's say he's around eight and his sister's like seven. The boy collects marbles. He's been collecting marbles and he's been putting it in his big jar. And the, 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 the sister has been collecting candies and she puts it in her, her own jar. And you know, at an early age, they, they have developed this, uh, I always want something that's not mine. So they both talk to each other and they go, hey, you know, if I give you all my marbles, will you give me all your candies? The boy said. So the sister looks at the marbles, looks at her candies, and she goes, yeah, we, you got a deal. And then the boy goes, okay, let me just go to my room and get the rest. But his plan was, as he went inside his room, he picked out all his favorite marbles and puts it inside his pillow, underneath his pillow. And he gives it to his sister. His sister takes it. Exchange happened. But at nighttime, during nighttime, his sister sleeps quietly with a smile, knowing that she got her brother's marbles. But the boy was wide awake, thinking, did she give me all her candies? <laughs> he could not sleep. And he was accusing his sister of something that he did. He didn't have peace. He didn't have peace. The reason why we lose our peace is because of our own doing. Again, that's why internal and external, I put it together because there's no way that you will have your personal peace if you don't have your, it should be eternal peace, eternal peace with the Lord. So that's, but then we attain eternal peace because of what Jesus has done. So for us who have done this, we know that Jesus was the one. Why we have, he's the reason why we have peace. And look here, this is Paul writing to the Roman church. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
The only way a person can attain peace with the Lord is accepting Jesus as their Lord. Amen? There is nothing that we can do in order for us to attain that peace. No way. There's no way. You will forever be bothered. And there's nothing in this world that can give you inner peace. Nothing. Some of you divert your peace to shopping. Some of you divert your peace to traveling. Some of you divert your peace into something else away from other people or that person that irritates you. For some of us, it's our spouse, right? <laughs> and I know Anna Lou is going to be peaceful when she gets back. She's been away from me for two weeks. <laughs> That's how she attains her peace. <laughs> That's a confession by me, one-on-one. But sometimes we try to run away from people in order for us to attain peace. But we never, because we have to come back. Correct? You're in the middle of an argument with your spouse. Your first result is like, you know what? I'm leaving. Take off. Guess what you're going to do five hours later? You're coming back. <laughs> right? And your spouse is waiting. <laughs> I knew you can't go anywhere. But the only true peace is from God. Amen? There is no relationships that can make it without inner peace. Because inner peace is the key for any relationships to work. That's why our country, our world is falling apart. Did you know that there's the, we have the highest rate as a country of incarceration? Two million, I think. Is the number. Two million Americans are incarcerated. And we're supposed to have everything in this country. I think so. I think we can attain anything here legally. But for some reason, there's no peace. There's no satisfaction. You know, when, when the Jewish people before in the Old Testament, they will say, this is how they say peace, shalom. And this is, this is, when they say shalom to you, they're not saying, oh, I hope you have peace with your wife. No, no. That's not what they mean. When they say shalom, they're saying, you know, satisfaction. The whole thing with your life. May you have peace with the Lord and everything else that comes with that. That's why when they say peace, it means more than just trouble free. And you know what? Us believers now, we don't know what peace is. Because we don't know the opposite of peace, which is war. Yesterday, I heard great testimonies about People living during wartime. I heard from uh, one of the, the, the grandmas that she was tortured by the Japanese soldiers back in the days in the Philippines. And it was, it was a great testimony to hear because I can't imagine my children going through that same torture. I mean, you, you talk to a kid nowadays and you might get in trouble for talking to them. Because you're being a bully as an adult. <laughs> But during wartime, there's no bullies. Everybody's a bully. We don't know what peace is because we've been so spoiled. And with peace, there's prosperity. You know what? During wartime, your money doesn't mean anything. During wartime, you are going to learn to be a vegetarian. I've heard of my grandfather and my dad eat, and my mom eating grass. There are some edible grass in the Philippines, apparently, that they, they go and eat, and they're happy. 
for them to even eat a little bit during wartime. And there's, whenever there's a plane that, that crosses, they're always getting shot at. My grandfather, who's a Filipino, but he looks like a Japanese guy, got the worst. Because when an American plane will, will, will come up, he's, you know, he, if you met him, he thinks he's American. Let me just tell you that. And he's waving, he's waving at the American uh, uh, plane. And guess what the American plane did? <laughs> they thought it was a Japanese guy. So he could never win. And then the Japanese will shoot at him too. So he's like, man, I'm at war with both countries. <laughs> Imagine your walks that you take at the legends by the marina. You can do that because we're at peace. You can go to the mall for five hours and you can do that because we're at peace. You can buy three, four, five houses because we're at peace. But during wartime, those mean nothing. So remove, put that mindset into a mindset of being at war and at peace with God. Jesus is the one that provided for you to be at peace with God, the creator of the universe, to be at peace with Him now. Don't wait for you to be rested in peace before you try to make it right. Because once you get there, there is no more accepting Christ. When you meet Jesus, when you meet God after the nanosecond that you're taken up there, you will be asked why you deserve to come to heaven. And none of your good works will amount to anything because if your, um, your good works amounted to something, there was no point of Jesus coming down and dying on the cross. So, there's, so when you have that peace, knowing that you're forgiven despite your mistakes, that gives you eternal peace and inner peace. Go, they go together. And only through the Holy Spirit can you actually, the Holy Spirit is the only one that can produce that in you. Only the Holy Spirit can, can produce that in a believer. So let's move forward. External peace. I so, I'm sorry, I, I typed the wrong. The first and second point is internal and eternal peace. Now we're going to get to external peace. Now this is our our external peace is with other people and peace despite the trouble that comes in our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John MacArthur said, the world's pseudo-peace is the bliss of ignorance. And I 100% agree. Peace for them is just the fact that they don't know any better. Isn't that amazing? It's like an ostrich. For some of you who were here for the funeral, I know I'm repeating myself. But praise God you were there with me yesterday. When trouble comes, the ostrich digs a hole on the ground and sticks their head in there, thinking that the predator will go away the second day they go up. That's bliss of ignorance. That's denial. The world, Jesus says here, that my peace I give you. See, it's Jesus' peace. 
We talked about the fruit is only as good as the tree, right? So the source of our peace is Jesus. He gives us, gives it to us. We don't take it. He gives it. And it's different from what the world tells us. The world tells you to what? You know, pick, if you pictured it like I did, yeah, it is empty. Peace for me is nobody's there. <laughs> Just me. And maybe the beach. Right? Or, and then if I fill it in with someone, with people, it's the nice people. It's the people that I like. Oh, yeah, him, her, him, her. No, not her. No, not him. Right? We pick and choose, but that's, that's never going to happen. In this life, just go to work tomorrow. Your peace is gone the second you get into a car thinking that I'm going to go to work tomorrow. I can't believe it. I'm going to work now. I can't believe it. I'm getting off and I'm going to see. I'm clocking in. You've lost your peace just because of work. Because somebody at work or something at work destroyed it. But if you look at what Jesus said here, my peace I give you, do not, I do not give you to you as the world gives Everything, folks, that the world tells you as a source of peace is wrong. I think it's about time that we accept this truth. It will make our lives easier. It will actually make my life as your pastor easier, too. <laughs> it will make the, all the messages that you're reading and listening to, it will, make it, it will give it more sense. Because the sooner you accept the truth, that it is only through Jesus that you will actually truly gain peace is the minute and the second that you will actually really feel it and have it. We see that the peace given to us by Jesus, just as Paul wrote in the Galatian church, it is a fruit, it is given by the Holy Spirit, not attained or produced. Jesus, you know, on this, in this chapter, we have to know that this is the Thursday. This is the Thursday of that Passion Week. This is a day before he was going to get crucified. Imagine him at that moment, knowing that what he's going to go through, he's, he has peace. And he said, my peace I give to you. But then he tells us that in this world we will have trouble. And that we all know that all of us who have accepted Christ, that it wasn't, it's not an easy journey. We all know that trouble all of a sudden came for some of us. I know of a Christian businessman in the Philippines that used to own uh, those, those motels. And those motels, usually what happens there are the, the premarital uh, activity, correct? But then this guy became a Christian. So he was convicted by the Holy Spirit. So now, his decision was, before you get to check in, you have to show your marriage certificate. So no more, no more of those activities for the people that are not married. So all of a sudden, there's a change in his heart. Did he lose money? I'm pretty sure he did. Did fake marriage certificates come about? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> In the Philippines, a lot of them are fake, you know? So, but it didn't stop those who wanted to cheat. But the point is the change of heart of that believer 
And it didn't matter to him that he was losing money because what mattered to him is being right with the Lord. And he had peace. He had peace in doing the right thing for God. And the, all the prayer warriors, all the prayer warriors throughout the years, we all know that this is our, my favorite go-to verse during the devotional time. And this is in Philippians 4.7. Paul speaking, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God that transcends all understanding. Now, we're not just talking about prayer now here. We're talking about that peace that surpasses all understanding. If you have prayed for something for many years that's still lurking in your life, you know this, the peace that surpasses all understanding after you pray. Correct? You know it. That your problem is still right in front of you, but you, for some reason, you feel ease. You have that peace, that cringe in your heart. All of a sudden, you lost it. That vice grip that, that's squeezing it, that you can barely breathe. You're breathing like five every five seconds. You're going to die because your wife got it. You got into a fight with your wife. Right? You feel like you're going to die because she's going to kill you. <laughs> she told you she's going to kill you. But that peace, when you say, Lord, help me, I can't do anything about this. Please give me the peace that only you can give me. All of a sudden, it gets released. The problem's still there, but for some odd reason, the supernatural peace He provides to you. And He says there, it guards your hearts and your minds. I want us to concentrate on the minds part there. You know, Jesus earlier when he said, my peace I give to you, right? He, he knew he was going to the cross. And before that, he was sweating blood because of the stress, the amount of stress that he was thinking and that he had. But still, he had peace. Why? Because he trusted God the Father. For us to have that perfect peace, we have to have that perfect trust in God. And for us to be able to trust perfectly, to trust God perfectly, we have to have that perfect knowledge of God. Okay, you might never hit perfect. But that knowledge, that, that desire, as you continue to study, to study the Word, to learn more about who God is, that He is good. You will be able to trust Him. That He knows everything that's going on in your life. And yet you can trust Him. Amen? I, I, I picture a kid for the first time wanting to jump into the water but doesn't know how to, how to swim. I know I remember Alonzo and I had that uh, moment for a little bit. It just lasted for maybe two months because I can't swim either. But this is when he was shorter than I was. So the pool was only like five feet so I could stand there. But Alonzo was so scared to jump in. But I said, just jump. I'll get you. I'll get you. And he goes, are you sure? I go, do you trust me? And that's when he jumped. You know, he processed it. Yeah, I trust him. He's probably, he, probably going to do what he, told, he says. So he jumped, and I got him. And then when he learned that I can't swim, he started learning how to swim. And, you know, <laughs> now I jump, and I have to trust him. <laughs> but that's the truth. 
perfect trust can only come from perfect knowledge of the person that you're trusting in. And perfect peace follows that. That's a loop. If you have perfect peace, because you perfectly trust God, because you know Him, you perfectly know Him, you know that He is good, you know that He is powerful, it has to go around. There's no Your trust will be cha challenged. If you say, Lord, I trust you, then they'll say, okay, we'll see. I'll give you a problem. Something that you can't do anything about. Let me see if you can trust me there. He doesn't say that audibly, but you feel it. You will feel it. And the circumstances will present themselves to you. And you're like, man, I can't do this. But then we say, well, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Help me. Please give me peace. And he will relax your heart. And he will ease your mind. You know, there was a story. There's a story about a king. And he wanted a painting that showed, that portrayed peace. So he summoned the two best artists in the kingdom. So both of them came in there with their paintings. So the first painter showed a picture of an empty field. Nothing was moving. The trees were still. The grass were still. Nothing was moving. The sky was blue, but no one was there. Everything was plain. It looked serene. And the second one showed his painting. The other one showed a waterfall. A waterfall. Dropping from like almost like 100 feet. Dropping a force of water a big, to a big pool of, another, of water. And you can see the water. He, he, he painted the wa another water, another water coming out from the splash. It's so busy. A lot of things. You could, you could sense the, the, the noise of the water. You could sense the speed of the water. But behind the waterfall is a branch where there's a nest. And there were cheeks. Chicks. 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 Cheeks, though. Chicks, yon, CCO. The chicks. <laughs> you know, I practiced that word like five times earlier, but I still didn't get it. So the chicks, chicks, the chicks were, were inside the, mo the, the bird, the mother bird's wings, sleeping, sleeping, resting, knowing that they were protected, enjoying the warmth of their mom. The king said, I want this painting. This is what I want. This is what I think peace is. In this life, folks, we are not promised. Jesus already told us. I told you this, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. We need to rest on the Lord. Amen? We need to rest in peace because the peace is God. So we need to rest in God. Don't rest in peace when you're dead. Did you guys know this philosopher, Homer Simpson? <laughs> yeah, Homer Simpson. He's a philosopher. He's a contemporary uh, philosopher. So it was, a, it was an illustration where he was walking with God. And he goes, God, Homer said, God, What's my purpose in life? And, and, and God said, you know, I can't tell you that. I can only tell you when you're dead. And, and then Homer goes, Man, you know what? I can't wait that long. 
And God goes, well, you can't wait three months? <laughs> it, w- it played better in my, in my mind. But um, <laughs> the peace of God is what we need to rest on. We need to trust in God. In this life, we will have trouble. There's heartaches that we will face. There will be trouble in, 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 in more ways than one. Sometimes a lot in one week or a lot in one day. But we have to know that God knows all of it. And God loves us. And God has the power to release us from it. And even if He doesn't, we should have the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That even if He doesn't, we will not bow down to the statue that you have made. We have, that, we have to have that peace. We have to have that faith. In conclusion, I know I'm not supposed to say that because that makes you look at your phone and then uh, start texting and like, hey, what's for dinner? But in conclusion, John 14, 27, again, it says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is Jesus speaking, folks. If you have trusted your life in him, hear these words when you are facing your troubles in life. Hear these words. I pray that you will that this will reverberate in your mind and in your hearts. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Folks, if we trust God, we need to remember the do nots. Our trust in Him will be challenged. So what is He saying? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding will be with you through Christ Jesus. Just like the peace of the baby birds, because since I can't say it, resting underneath their mother's wing, we should too take heart that our God is with us. He is powerful. Somebody say amen. Amen. He loves you. Amen. He knows everything. He knows what is good for us. And he knows what is bad for us. And nothing that happens in our life is not ran by him. Everything was ran by him. And he will be the one to sustain us. He will see us through. That's his promise. Take heart. Trust. And move boldly in this life. Let the Holy Spirit produce that fruit of peace in you. And let the world see it. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for... We thank you, Lord God, for the peace that you have given to us. The peace that you continue to give to us, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that as we continue to trust in you, Lord God that this peace will just continue to grow, that despite the trouble that we are facing or have faced or will be facing, we can trust in you and that we can have that peace knowing that you are in full control of our lives. I pray, Lord God, for that soul that needs to surrender their life to you tonight. I pray that they will be more than willing to trust their eternity to you and finally have that inner peace that they need that they've been searching for. I pray, Father God, for growth for everyone here.
I pray that we will continue to fall in love with you and that we will continue to discover more and more of who you are and what you are and how we are to live our lives glorifying you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.